Good morning, Summit Nation. Everybody watching us, who's out there online? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is a good God. Thank God for Jesus. We celebrate him today. He came that we might have life. Thank you, Jesus. Um, all right. And not just that. He came to give us, he amplified that more abundantly. And the word, the word life is actually, in the Greek, it's zoe, which means life as God has it. We have the very life and nature of God on the inside of us. Amen. God's not sick. God doesn't have COVID. Jesus doesn't have COVID. As he is, so are we, praise God. We want to welcome everybody watching us online, Summit Nation, guests, friends. Merry Christmas, in case I forget to say this. Uh, oh, I was like, where's that voice coming from? That's me. I was pulling up the app. <laughs> okay. We want to just uh, welcome everybody who's uh, watching us. I see Lisa on one, we're on three places, on YouTube, two places on Facebook. I see Michelle, Marissa, welcome. Jackie saying that's right to something. Praise God. Amen. Uh, two of my sister-in-laws on, on here, Margaret, praise God. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anita, Kendrick, all right, praise God, uh, and everybody else is watching. Um, we're thankful that you're on. We're thankful for technology. All things were made by him and for him. Amen. Let's say this together. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Praise God. Y'all believe that? You are all of that. You are who God says you are. Amen. You are blessed. You are highly favored. You are accepted and approved. And it's all because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And we're going to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Jesus came to bless us. I've been teaching on Psalm 91. Oh, by the way, we got a brand new website that I created all by myself. 
Praise God. Thank you, Lord. A lot, a lot of long hours, but uh, we, we put it together. And actually, there's a sermon section on the site. And uh, I like the site name, as I shared last week. We, it's been parked for a while, and the Lord, I, I believe the Lord gave us that name for this time period that we're in right now. He gave this to me before COVID, this website, and, we had, and it's just been parked. But now we shifted over. It was summitministries.tv. We're still Summit Ministries, Summit Church. But our domain name now is summitonline.church because we're reaching so many people online, more and more people every week. And I want to encourage you to share this with your family and friends. Let's get the word out. Let's expose more people to the gospel of Jesus. Amen. And if you're watching on YouTube, please, uh, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, click the subscribe button, click the like button, and also click the little bell so you'll get reminded when we are on. Praise God when we're broadcasting. Praise the Lord. And that'll, that'll help us help YouTube to push it out to more people. But back to the website, summitonline.church. And in the menu bar, there's a sermon section. And if you want to share the latest messages with, with people, or actually the latest message with people, you can go there. The latest message will be there. And some featured messages. And one of the featured messages is uh, don't be afraid, which is an on-time word for people today. So um, please, please, please uh, share, share, share. And uh, I want to say something about Psalm 91 before we go into, but it ties into what I'm sharing today. See, Jesus came as our Savior. He came and he rescued us from the law of sin and death. Thank you, Jesus. He's our Savior. He's not a lawgiver. Amen. If you're drowning, you don't need somebody. If you're drowning in a pool, you don't need someone to give you the Amazon's latest book on how to swim and throw it in the water. No, you need somebody to go in there and pull you out. And that's what Jesus did for us. He, he delivered us from the power of sin. Thank you, Jesus. And um, Psalm 91, 1 and 2, we've been spending a lot of time there. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Thank you, Jesus. The word Lord in verse 2 is Yahweh in Hebrew. I will say of Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress. Let me say something to those of you who have lost loved ones to, to covid and you've had a tough time, maybe financially, 2020 has hit you very hard. I want you to say that there's hope. Now, Carla had mentioned this, and uh, we are preaching a gospel that is full of hope. The gospel of Jesus Christ has hope. No matter what you've gone through, it's going to get better. Keep your eyes on Jesus don't give up on God, as the song we sing, because he won't ever give up on you. He'll never stop loving you. He's there, even though 
you don't feel him, and it looks like nothing happened, there's nothing is happening, he's there. He's right there with you to help you, and it's going to get brighter. It has to, because you are the light. He's in you. He's working all things together for your goodness. Some people scoff at that and laugh at that and don't believe it, but believing is what makes it work. Just tr trust him to bring you out. I will say of the Lord, he is my, see, that's personal. See, Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. I will say of the Lord. We need to say some things. He is my refuge. Now, he's yours, but he's mine. <laughs> he's my refuge. Say, he's my refuge. My fortress. I will say of Yahweh. Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yeshua. You know what that means? It means Yahweh saves. And that doesn't just mean saving for, from sin. See, salvation is an all-inclusive word. Save means to deliver, to protect, to heal, and to prosper. So G say Jesus' name, his Hebrew name, the Hebrew name for Jesus is Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves, which means if I need saving, we all need it saving, Yahweh saved us. See, if you need healing, Yahweh heals. If you need protection, Yahweh protects. Whoo, glory to God. <laughs> if you need finances, Yahweh prospers. If you need deliverance, Yahweh delivers. Jesus is whatever you need. I don't care what the problem is. The answer is Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning, Mark starts, starts off his gospel with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I want to talk about the word gospel. We're going to dive deep into that today. In the Greek, that word is ungelion, ungelion in the Greek. And um, it means a proclamation of good news or a message of good news, okay? Now, that word has been diluted today. Uh, people uh, talk about the gospel of this, the gospel of cooking, or the, the gospel of the Internet and the gospel of this and that. It's been diluted but uh, it's really a powerful word. And in the days of Paul, uh, in, in ancient Greek literature, this word was, it was a, so rarely used in ancient Greek literature that uh, someone said that it was only found in two books in all of Greek literature. 
that word ungelion is only found two times. And the reason is, is because there was nothing going on in Paul's day that would justify the use of that word. See, when, the gospel is something that it's, it sounds too good to be true. So that word, and, and so that had significance. See, if, if you don't understand that, you just think, oh, just, it's just a word, gospel, and people kind of use it loosely today. But actually, it, it, it was rarely used, rarely used because there was nothing that, that would qualify for gospel, for ungelion. So when Paul said in uh, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of, of Christ, for it, this, this good news, this proclamation of good news. Like, so you can imagine the people in Paul's day when they heard that gospel. And he uses that for what Jesus came to give us. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. It is the, the good news. What is the gospel? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is the good news, a proclamation of good news of God's unmerited favor. Thank you, Jesus. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. See, the gospel is the answer to everything. Jesus, who came to save us, brought us the gospel. And Paul said, it's the power of God to salvation. Again, the word salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means, to, it means deliverance, preservation, healing. Anybody need safety? See, it's, it's the gospel. It's the gospel of prosperity, deliverance, preservation, healing, safety, soundness. You need a sound mind today. It's the answer to mental health issues. See, the gospel is the answer to everything. Thank you, Jesus. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the, this, this, this good news, this almost, this, this something that sounds too good to be true, but it's true that Jesus saved you all by himself. The good news that he finished the work on the cross. He didn't start something. He didn't say on the cross, it, it has started. He said, it is finished. Your Christian life, when you came to receive the Lord as your personal Savior, your life was finished before you started. It's a finished work. You're already blessed. You don't have to earn your blessings. Jesus blessed you. You're already blessed. Let's look at Matthew. Four twenty-three, and he went. This is Jesus. Went about, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease 
and every affliction among the people. What does healing have to do with the gospel? Healing is a part of the gospel. See, the gospel is the power of God for your deliverance, for your healing, for your safety. I declare you safe from COVID. Just re receive the gospel. Matthew 9, 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching. He always put teaching first. People need teaching. Teaching in their synagogues because a lot of people have incorrect information about God. So many people think that God is a mean God, that he's ready to punish you for, for the least infraction. It's like he's a bully and he's got a big stick and ready to clobber you as soon as you do something wrong. That is not a Bible picture of God. God is a good God. Amen. Many people want to put a frowny face on God. God is happy. God is full of joy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So Jesus taught in their synagogues and proclaiming, that's what preach means, to proclaim, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. John 1.17 the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, the law was given. It was given impersonally through Moses. Grace came in person. Grace came down. Emmanuel, God with us. Get grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. As I said earlier, he didn't come as a lawgiver. And it didn't come through somebody. The law was given impersonally through Moses, but grace came down. Thank you, Jesus. There's a difference between law and grace. The law reveals, listen to this, the law reveals what man ought to be. Grace reveals who God is. Let me back up. Let me read this statement. Listen to this. The law is man-centered, whereas grace is Jesus-centered. The law focuses on what you must accomplish. Grace focus, focuses entirely on what Jesus has accomplished. Under the law, you are disqualified by your obedience. But under grace, you're qualified by Jesus' obedience. Ooh, hallelujah. Under the law, you're made righteous when you do right. Under grace, 
You're made righteous when you believe right. Let me repeat this statement. The law reveals what man ought to be. Grace reveals who God is. The law results in miracles of death. Grace results in miracles of life. See, what does that mean, the law, the law results in miracles of death? When the law was given and to Moses, and he was coming down from the mountain after he was given the Ten Commandments, they were down there worshiping an idol. And people died. Thank you, Jesus. And yet, grace, though, results in miracles of life. On the day of Pentecost, praise God, people were... See, when, when the law was given, 3,000 people died at the foot of the mountain. When grace came, and, and on the day of Pentecost, and the, the gospel was, was, uh, was delivered, was preached, 3,000 people got saved. Miracles of life. That's the greatest miracle when a person is born again. Thank you, Jesus. The law demands righteousness from sinfully bankrupt man. The law, see, the law demands righteousness from sinfully bankrupt man. But grace provides righteousness as a gift to man. The law is, is, was old, inflexible wineskin. Grace is new, intoxicating wine. The, under the law, sins were remembered and punished by God. But under grace, sins have been forgiven and remembered no more by God. The law dispenses blessings and cursings. Grace dispenses only blessings. The law is man-centered, what you must do for God. Grace is God, Jesus-centered, what God will do for you, what Jesus has done for you. Under the law, you are disqualified by your disobedience. Under grace, you are qualified by Jesus' obedience. Under the law, you're justified by your works. Under grace, you're justified by faith. Hallelujah. Boy, that's good. That is good news. That's the gospel. Now, I'm so thankful that Bible tools have come a long way. I've got an amazing Bible software program. Actually, I was in a webinar this week talking about um, just the, the different uh, tools and what's available, how it works, and so forth. But uh, it's really interesting. Um, it, it, it really helps me to study and helps me to see things 
as it's supposed to be. And so, like this, this word here, for example, um, some people look at this as a, the word go, like a command to go. Jesus said, go. But that's not, when you look at it in the Hebrew, I, I can, excuse me, in the Greek, New Testament was originally written in Greek, Old Testament in Hebrew. But when you look at it in the Greek, and, and, and I, I was able to, I'm able to look at the sentence structure, I'm not going to bore you with this stuff, but um, <laughs> don't want to go down this road too far. But the word, the word go basically is not a command. It's really, one translation brings it out, as you go. Everybody's going. <laughs> so the command in this verse is not go. The command is proclaim the gospel as you go. Everybody goes. So as you go, we are to proclaim. See, this good news that I'm talking about, that's what we ought to be proclaiming. Church, it's time for us to tell people the good news because there's so many people that they put, a, like I said, a frowning face on God. They act like they have to do something to qualify for God's blessings. But the Bible tells us to give thanks to the Father who has qualified us, who has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. We're already, we're qualified for God's blessings. And all we need to do is pull up to the table and eat. Thank you, Jesus. So as you go, proclaim this good news. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. And, and Paul, Paul breaks down the gospel. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. See, Paul just had one message, and that was the gospel. And he would not only teach it once, but he'd come back and he'd remind them. <laughs> I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received. See, Paul received what he preached. He wasn't just preaching it. It changed his life. On that Damascus road when he encountered Jesus. And Jesus taught him. See, the revelation that Paul had was taught to him personally by Jesus. And I believe that he used the scripture. See, because sometimes, like, when, when, you, when you read Galatians and, and he talks about the gospel that I, I received, that he didn't receive it from man, but Jesus taught him personally, I believe Jesus used the Scripture. I believe that with all my heart. Because Jesus was a word person. <laughs> he had to be because he was the word. But he could just, think about it, Jesus could just go on just, just quoting stuff. 
But he chose, like when he, when he met, met those two, two cats on, the, um, on that road to Damascus, and, uh, and, and they said, man, didn't, didn't uh, our hearts burn within us when he opened up the scriptures to him? What did he do? He would, um, and this was right after his resurrection. At first, they didn't know who he, uh, uh, who he was because God kept them from, from knowing who he was. And so he began uh, from Moses, and in, uh, and in all the scriptures, he, he spoke to them. He, he, he shared with them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. Think about that. He could have told them about himself without opening up the book. But he chose to go to the scriptures and show them him in the scriptures. So I don't believe he'd do anything different when, when he was ministering to Paul. The word is important. Thank you, Jesus. And so Paul was taught by Jesus himself out of the word. And he said, I'm delivering to you what I received. And see, see I mean, Paul received this, man. Women. <laughs> he received this word. I mean, here's a guy who used to stand by while, while uh, Christians were persecuted and killed. He sent Christians to prison. Huh? But then he said, in one, I think in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, he said, receive us, for we wrong no man. How can you say that you wrong no man? Because he had a revelation, oh my goodness, of who he was in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. That old person that used to persecute and kill Christians and passed away, all things became new. He said, we wronged no man. We corrupted no man. We punished no man. He's talking about the new man. That stuff you used to do before you got saved is gone. You're not that person anymore. Thank you, Jesus. And get this, anything you've done since you've been a Christian, anything you did last night, you've forgiven. Now, religious people have a hard time with that. But on the cross, Jesus took your sins past, present, and future on the cross. And that doesn't encourage lawless living. When you understand how much you've been forgiven, and how much you've been loved, you're going to love him back as a ref reflex reaction. I know I can sin all I want and be forgiven. But I'm not trying to sin. But we all sin. And we need to know that once we do, it's forgiven. It's been eliminated. And, and it ain't under the blood either. If it's under the blood, it might slip out. But the blood eliminated it. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Somebody thank God that your sins are gone. They've been forgiven. You sin less. 
because of Jesus. Now, this sounds crazy. You're not sinless because you don't sin. But when you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father that says, forgiven. 2,000 years ago, forgiven. So as soon as, as soon as you commit an act of sin, which we all do, it's instantly, it's gone. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we're under this continuous, if you can receive it, wash cycle <laughs> of forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. So I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received, that Jesus died for our sins according, in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day. This is the gospel, that, that he, he died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. He was buried and he was raised the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Amen. That's the gospel. Let's look at Galatians. Verse 7, not that there is another one. This is, has to do with the gospel, and I'm, I missed putting verse 6 in there, so let me jump to that real quick. I'm telling you, telling you what, there is no other gospel than this good news of God's unmerited favor. See, in the gospel of grace, people want to know, why do you talk about grace so much? Well, it's because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the same thing. And I want to show you this. I want to make sure you see this so you can tell people uh, who, who try to criticize. And I don't spend time, sometimes people just want to know, and that's cool, but don't argue with people. The Bible didn't say to... Uh, proclaim or, or argue with people about the gospel. Just proclaim it. Amen? Some will believe, some won't. But I tell you what, this good news is going to be so good to some people because religion had beat them up. Telling them how bad they are. That they don't deserve to be blessed because of the uh, of what they've done. But Jesus didn't come to shame you. He took your shame on the cross. He's there to lift you up. We need to preach the gospel to people. This ministry of reconciliation that God was in Christ, that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and he rose with all power in his hands, that he finished the work on the cross that forgiveness is available to you no matter what you've done. And even since you've been a Christian, God is not condemning you. God did, did not stop loving you ever. You are still loved. And you're forgiven. You are still the righteousness of God in Christ. You are accepted. You're approved. You're righteous because of what Jesus has done. You're not disappointed 
you're not disqualified because of something you've done. Jesus qualified you. Jesus loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no bad thing that you can do to lose your right standing with God. There's no good thing you can do to earn his love. Lord, look at me, God. I did this. Look at me, God. I, I prayed two hours a day all week. Look at me. Look at me. I'm... I've read five scriptures a day for, for the last 30 days. Look at me, Lord. Look at me. I fasted. Look at me. See, it, it's, see, that's the law. The law is man-centered. The gospel is Jesus-centered. It's all about what Jesus did. Verse 6 says, I, I'm astonished. See, because Paul encountered... Uh, this, these Galatian, this Galatian church, which was not a Jewish church. It was a Gentile church. Gentile is a non-Jew. And uh, they had gotten saved. And they didn't have the law. They weren't Jews. But these Judaizers, Judaizers came in, um, these lawyers, <laughs> they tried to put the law on them that you, you in addition to receiving Jesus, you must keep the, you must be circumcised, and you must keep the law, which nobody can keep. There's 613 laws. They're, they're impossible to keep. The purpose of the law was to bring you to the end of yourself, to, to get you to the point where you say, I can't do it. It's too much. I need a, I need a Savior. Well, guess what? Jesus saves. We're not under the law. We're under grace. Grace is God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm astonished, Paul said. I mean, it blew him away. In, in actually, in chapter 5, he said, you foolish Galatians. He said, like, who bewitched you? Did, did you receive uh, uh, the Spirit, you know, through the works of the law or through the hearing of, uh, hearing of faith? He that does miracles among you, does he do it through the works of the law or the hearing of faith? Thank you, Jesus. And, and he told him, if you go back to the law, you've fallen from grace. See, when, when people talk about today, somebody fell from grace, they're talking about somebody did something terrible or they committed adultery or something like that. That doesn't, that's not, and that's not a good thing to do, but that's not what it means to fall from grace. To fall from grace means to go back under the law. And that's, that's the context in which he used that. See, people pull that out and make it mean something else. But, but, but in chapter 5, when he talks about you have fallen from grace, they were trying to go back to keep the law. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I said that was chapter 5 about uh, he that does miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law, but by the hearing of faith? That's actually in chapter 3. So it's not, see, and he said, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Don't go back under the law. Go, don't go back under rule keeping. Amen. Some people have, have never been out of rule keeping. So they, it, it's nothing for them to go back to because that's, that's what they're into. But we need to preach the gospel so people can come out, religious folks, can come out of this rule keeping. Amen. Once you're out, it's foolish to go back. And that's what Paul was talking about. Like, you foolish Galatians. Like, who bewitched you? And so back to chapter 1, he said, I, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who, who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. I don't know how I left that out. That's very important. I want you to see that in your own Bible. Look at it. Don't look at me. Look at it. No. Okay. No, no I, I, want you, I want you to see this. See, don't, the problem with many, many believers is they're taking preacher's word for it. You may need to make sure, and I'm very strong on this, make sure that you can see it for yourself. Because once you get it for yourself, nobody can, can take it from you. Like Paul said, what I delivered to you is what I received. I got it. I got it. I love when people say, Pastor, I got it. <laughs> See, some people are trying to get it. When you try to get it, you never get it. You, you just, all you got to do is believe it. It's, it's simple. Now, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you. Now, if you're not reading this, you're going to have to take my word for it until you can get to it to yourself. But check it out. It's, it's right here. Who called you in the grace of Christ. Say, who called you in the grace of Christ. Now, I'm reading this out of the Bible. It's called the grace of Christ. What's Paul astonished about? You've deserted him who called you in the grace of Christ. And you went to a different gospel. And, and are turning to a different gospel. So that tells us there is no other gospel than the gospel of grace. Why do you preach grace so much? Because it's the gospel. He said, you turning to a different gospel. And here it says, not that there is another. Not that there's another one. There ain't no other one. But there's some who want to trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Wait, wait a minute. He said, he said gospel of grace in verse 6. Then he said gospel of Christ. And some people want to act like when you preach the gospel of grace, you're not preaching the whole gospel. It is the whole gospel because it's the gospel of Christ. Well, we need, we need to balance it with something else. How are you going to balance the gospel of Christ? 
What are you going to balance it with when Jesus said, there ain't another one? And when he said the gospel of, of Christ, he's not talking about something different than the gospel of grace, right? Because then he would be introducing a different one. When he said there ain't no different one. So he has to be talking about the same thing. Now, I can't get it any plainer than that. There's not another one. It's the, gosp the gospel of Christ is the gospel of grace. It is the whole gospel. You don't balance grace with anything. Well, you know, the scripture said uh, in John 17, John 1, 17, grace and truth. You need, you need truth. No, I don't have time to get into that. But in, in the Greek, grace and truth are treated as a, a one item. Grace and truth followed by a singular verb in the Greek. And it treats it, like came, grace and truth came. That's, that's a singular verb in the Greek. Grace and truth mentions two things followed by a singular verb, which means in the Greek it treats grace and truth as, a, as the same item. Jesus is truth. Jesus is grace. Titus says, grace appeared. Did y'all even start that clock? I can't be out of time. I never even noticed the clock. I didn't even start mine here. But we're almost finished. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go a little bit further. Um. Watch this. Man, I don't have time to get into this. Boy, this still is heavy stuff to me. I mean, I, I read this and it's like, wow. But even, here, this Paul preached this so strong. But even if we, again, this is what he preached everywhere. He preached the gospel. He didn't have any, anything else. I ain't got nothing else. You know why? Watch this. Paul said that even if we are an angel from heaven, let alone a jack leg preacher, <laughs> but if an angel from heaven, I don't care if they got the collar on back, backwards and they, they, look, they look like they, I mean, they're preaching, sweating bullets when they preach and hooping and hollering. And, and, and Look, if we or even if I, Paul includes himself, or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to this gospel of grace, the one we preach to you. Let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel, he's missing it the second time. How strong is this? See, the problem is mixture, y'all. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. See, the problem is mixture. People mixing law and grace. And some people don't get very far with the gospel of grace is because they turn around and they listen to preaching that gives you rules. 
and it's so sad. But see, once you get it, nobody will be able to take it away from you. <laughs> oh, man, this is good. This is the Passion Translation. It says, that is a fake gospel. We're talking about this different gospel. That is simply not true. There is only one gospel, the gospel of the Messiah, yet you have allowed those who mingle law with grace to confuse y'all with lies. Now let that sink in. <laughs> Come on now. Anything other than the gospel of grace that is a fake gospel that is simply not true. There's only one gospel. There's only one gospel, the gospel of the Messiah. Yet, you have allowed those who mingle law with grace to confuse you with lies. I will make it clear, verse 9, passion again. I will make it clear. Anyone, no matter who they are, that brings you a different gospel than the grace gospel that you have received, let them be condemned and cursed. I'm just going to leave that alone. And Y'all can look at me cra crazy as you want when I'm preaching this gospel of grace. But let that sink in. Let's go further. Paul said in, in Acts uh, 20, and, he, and he's talking to um, a group of pastors. This is a pastor's meeting, a minister's conference. And he said, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. Again, the Lord taught him to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, how, how can, I mean, I missed it. Like, for years I missed this. There's no, and there's no shame of missing it. I mean, when you're going down the wrong road, just turn around and go the other way. If you're going down 69 South and you're trying to get to Michigan and you discover you're going the wrong way, Take the exit. Because I'm telling you what, this gospel of grace, it's the, it's the best news you've ever heard. Jesus coming to this earth, this announcement about Jesus coming and he, and he came, it's, it's the greatest news, it's the greatest event that's ever happened. I mean, Jesus coming and then Jesus going to the cross, those events... Those, those were historic. And remember that as you're putting up Christmas trees and passing out gifts, and, and that's cool, but remember who it's all about and what he came to do. Everybody ain't happy at Christmas time. There are people who are lonely. And I want to speak to those that, of you that are lonely. This gospel is for you. It includes you. It'll lift you up. It'll lift your spirits. 
when you understand how much Jesus has done for you, you know that you're blessed, that you are loved. When you think nobody cares, Jesus cares. When you think nobody loves you, Jesus loves you. When you think nobody's accepted you, Jesus has accepted you. He's embraced you. You are special and you are valuable to him. You are precious. He, he, wants, he wants you to come to him. Let, let, let him love on you. I want you to receive his love. If you're out there and, and, and I'm talking to you, I want you to receive his love right now. There's no distance in the spirit. The spirit can go right, right through the, the cameras and go on the internet and go come right into your home and just melt your heart. Thank you. See, when you receive him, you, you just say, Lord, Lord, uh, I, I, I receive. Lord, help me. Tell him, I feel alone. Tell him. He'll manifest himself to you. I'm going to tell you what this gospel will do. There's just something about the preaching of the gospel. This good news of God's unmerited favor. That he came to save you. He came to heal you. He came to prosper you. He came to get you out of that financial mess that you're in right now. If you lost your job, he's your provider. And he's got something better for you. And he cares for you. He cares. Don't say that nobody cares. Jesus cares. Let him help you and he'll help you. These are not empty promises. Your hope, which is a confident expectation of good, the Bible says, will not end in disappointment. Because the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. When you let the love of God melt you, let the Lord help you receive his love, your hope will not end in disappointment. Paul said, thank you, Jesus. Whoever that's for, receive it. But I do not account of my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. What did you receive from the Lord? To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That was his ministry. Verse 32, and now I commend you to God. He's talking to ministers in this context. I commend you to God, but it also applies to you. I commend you to God, and this is how he concludes, and to the word of his grace. This is in the same message as we, we saw, same chapter, verse 24, verse 32. I commend you to God and to what? The word of his grace. What's the word of his grace? The, the word of his unmerited favor. Everything that you receive from God comes by his unmerited favor. What's, what's this word 
able to do. Why do I keep preaching it? It's because it's the gospel. And what will it do for you? It's able to build you up and give you the inheritance of, among all those who are sanctified. One more verse. I want to look at verse 32 from the Passion. And so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is all you need to become strong. You don't need nothing else. There is no other gospel. How many of you can testify sitting under this message of God's grace that you have become stronger? There's a reason for that. Because it's all you need to become strong. <laughs> oh, man. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace, which he provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let's give God praise. Thank you. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of grace. Ooh, glory to God. Father, we receive all that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Thank you, Lord. To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of God's favor. We're living in it right now. That's the, 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 the day of the new covenant. We are in it right now. Thank you, Lord. There are more with us than all with them. You've got angels encamped around about you. Boy, I sense the presence of angels right now. I don't see them, but I know that they're there. Just like Elijah prayed for Gehazi, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and the mountain was full of angelic hosts. Horses, chariots of fire. You're in the presence of Almighty God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels. Oh, man. I just, I see angels holding, holding like bowls, ready to just reach into that bowl and just pour out whatever you need. You need finances. You need healing. You need deliverance. Confused in your mind. Can't think straight. 
those angels, let, let them minister to you right now. Hallelujah. Receive his peace right now. Some people are troubled. You're, you're sitting there in your home and you're troubled in your mind. Receive his peace today. Those of you that, as I said before, you think nobody cares. He cares. He sees you. He loves you. He's your provider. Let him bless you. Just say, Lord, thank you for blessing me. Every burden that you're experiencing, any yokes are destroyed right now. Man, there's a, there's a, oh my goodness, strong, I sense a really strong presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Receive his love right now you've never made Jesus Lord of your life I want to encourage you to make him Lord today you will never be the same after making Jesus the Lord of your life I want to invite you to make him Lord today